0: Welcome back to His and Hers Movie Podcast. This is episode number 18, featuring a review of The Wretched 2019, which got its wide release in 2020. It is May 11th, 2020, at the time of the recording. I am one half of your hosting duo, podcasting out of southwestern Pennsylvania, and joining me tonight is Carly. Carly podcasting out of southwestern pennsylvania as always it's us two usually we've had two mm-hmm. guests though
1: we have three three you forget about you forget about the other Schwoyer.
0: oh <laughs> for some <laughs> reason i just think it was austin it's weird
1: it's like conjoined twins they're just like the same person
0: yeah that too but yeah all right so we are back um man dude i could tell you one thing that i've been like wanting to do for like the longest time uh first of all i've been wanting to do some more netflix and chill episodes but yeah i never want to do like the new movies that are out but i just like i scroll through netflix and i'm like man i still like i remember when we did the first season of black mirror and i just like loved it <laughs> yeah and i was like i just want to do that second season so bad um
1: how many eps are in the second season do you know
0: uh, it's, it's like a weird number, like six or eight or something, I think. Yeah.
1: Cause it's like, there's like three in the,
0: there was only three in that
1: first John, but like one of them was like in a full feature length film, yeah. but yeah, I re- yeah, that was a, that seems like forever ago. I, I enjoyed that show. I wanted to
0: go on yeah. with that. Really oh, there's bad. only three episodes in season two. We could totally do that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and the, yeah, it's three, three a special in 2014 and then six six a film in 2018
1: and then three. Oh, <laughs> i didn't realize it was so
0: yeah but there's other stuff that i've been wanting to do too like there was a there was like a like a oh the quibi thing i was thinking about maybe we could do quibi mm. like one of those shows or something
1: yeah that would be interesting something new
0: yeah, if I wasn't so dang busy, I would totally want to do some more Netflix and chills. It's like 22 Shots just totally ramped up, like, out of nowhere. Like, we were doing nothing. I had so much free time. Like, I realize, like, when 22 Shots comes back regularly, that it takes, like, I lose a day of the week. Yeah. Like, a full day of the week. After you factor in, like, I watched six I Spit on Your Grave movies... Uh, one was like an hour 40, hour 40, you know, hour 30, like it, Yeah. two and a half hours. One was only an hour, but you know, you're looking at like seven, eight hours of, I spit on your graves. And then we recorded for another eight hours. Uh, it was, and it was, you know, it was, a you lose a whole entire day. Uh, one, you lose the day you record because you ain't doing anything after the before or after the eight hours, usually. Mm. Um, and it's like, basically, I can't plan anything on my Fridays because of 22 Shots, which is, is not, and I love doing the show, but I'm just saying, like, it makes you realize, like, if you only have two days off a week and then one of the days is 22 Shots Day, you kind of, like, only have one day to do anything else.
1: Yeah, I could never do a show like yours, I don't think, where you guys are like weekly and you do monstrous shows more often than not, and then you have the Patreon, and then you have other shows that you prep for in the future, that, I think I would go insane, so. But, uh, you know, I give you credit, I give you credit for doing the do and whatnot.
0: Um, You're welcome. Yeah, thanks.
1: So anyway, um, what have you been up to this week besides watching all those rapey films?
0: Um, this past week, um, nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> nothing. I've had some personal stuff, but nothing I want to go into.
1: Yeah. True. Um, yeah. I mean, I you know I haven't done much. Um, I kind of. Well, I did. I did. You know, spend the day with my mom yesterday. It was Mother's Day, of course. So we just um, watched a movie at my house. We watched Ma. Uh, coincidentally enough, she wanted to check that out because she didn't get a chance to. So um, we watched that. I had it on DVD, and she enjoyed it. I actually really like Ma. That's one that's really kind of grown on me. Um, so we did that. We got some food, like you know, carry out. We just. I ordered some food and then we went and picked it up, brought it back to my place, ate, and then I took her for a ride around Brownsville, you know, the Ville, um, because she, you know, I moved here and she never really goes anywhere around here besides my place, so I kind of showed her where just everything was, there's not a whole lot going on in this town, but um, just showed her where all the places were and that was that was nice, um, other than that, I pretty much just... Did the, the usual, worked and watched movies, so, um, not very, not very eventful of a week, but that was something at least.
0: Um, yeah, that sounds cool, I mean, I, I, I would, I, I kinda, Mother's Day completely snuck up on me, I didn't even know it was Mother's Day until, like, I started seeing all these posts, and, um, I didn't get a ch- I usually try to watch, like, something Mother's day but mm-hmm. I just, I just didn't around to it at all um
1: there's like a lot of movies that could be watched for mother's day i realized
0: oh yeah uh i actually think i made a top 10 tuesday video long time ago uh, on films to watch on mother's day mm. uh if i was going to see we we dropped the ball we could have picked something to do for mother's day uh on the show since we uh, come, we no. usually do like all the other holidays kind of the one other
1: holiday that happened this year. No, but yeah, we should have done something. I realized there's like a mother there's like a horror movie for every term of mom. Now, there's like one called Mom, there's one called Mother, there's one called Ma, Mama, Mother's Day. Like it's kind of funny, but yeah, we should have done something.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. I mean, there's there's so many so many like that you could do i could have made a top 10 list that would have been fun yeah uh but what are some of your favorites
1: my favorite mother's day films is um i mean obvious like you know i mean psycho obviously is a good one with mommy problems and whatnot uh what else what else Think.
0: oh it's not that hard i have like a 100 off the top of my head
1: you have put me on the spot, and I am
0: scared. Right. I mean, well, there's right. the two Mother's Days. There's the original 1981 or 80 Mother's you know, Day. Yeah,
1: see, I only seen that like at that drive-in, and I think I fell asleep through good. the middle of it, so that doesn't really count for me. But the re- I it's will like say like, thing. like the middle of it. But like the remake, I thought was pretty good, pretty I not pretty love serious. The remake brutal type of film. I've only seen that one once though. So it's hard for me to like say, Oh, these are my favorite mother's day films. Cause I feel like there's a lot that I haven't seen more than um,
0: once. But... Mother's day. Uh, of course, mother, which is not, it's about, it's kind of, it's about a mother to be kind of, but it, it, it definitely fits. Um, and then pretty much any film, any pregnancy slash baby horror fits in so you got films like oh yeah uh stillborn you got Grace which is a good actually Grace is one of the better ones that is about being a mother you know what I mean mm-hmm. uh of course yeah. inside um uh you know Shelly rosemary's baby rosemary's <laughs> baby uh but those are like I feel like the pregnancy ones like maybe like should take a backseat because there's so many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that another film that really works is the uh, People Under the Stairs.
1: True. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, Hellraiser and Hellraiser Two.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because you have the stepmother Julia, who's evil and awful. Yeah. Um. What else? I mean, there's.
1: There's, like, thrillers. I mean, I would say, like, The Hand That Rocks the Cradle was kind of ish. And then Mother's Boys, Jamie Lee Curtis. Have you ever seen that one?
0: Yeah. Long time kind of. ago. Friday the 13th, of course.
1: Yeah. Just anything with, like, a psychotic type of mom character. Goodnight Mommy.
0: Ooh, that's a good one.
1: I have not seen that yet. Oh,
0: The Monster was a good one. Kujo. Yeah. The Babadook. I mean, there's a lot that mm-hmm. will work for Mother's Day. Much like there's a lot that will work for Valentine's Day.
1: <clears throat> yeah.
0: I mean, some of my favorite uh, inside, who, love that one. Rosemary's Baby, Psycho, Friday the 13th, all amazing.
1: Yeah, we shall have to do an event for it. Uh, I'm kind of like you, Mother's Day. Well, Mother's Day falls like on a different date every year, so it's, I think, oh. yes correct i I believe um i might be wrong that might be stupid of me but uh it always sneaks up on me too it's usually i'll see it on a calendar or something or i'll hear somebody like say it at work and i'm like oh crap and then i'm like oh i gotta go buy my mom stuff and like show her that i love her real quick and all that so it kind of sneaks up on me as well it's not like a major holiday but yeah there's always father's day
0: um i don't know much about that why I don't know oh. but I will say this what the Father's Day there's there's significantly less movies that I feel like fit for the like father of course mm-hmm. there's Father's Day which uh, I've never seen but it's I think that's a trauma as well uh, step, you have step the father stepfather movies. one, two, three in the remake mm-hmm um people under the stairs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> trying to think. Yeah, usually it seems like moms are always like the nutty ones or mm-hmm. protective ones in horror movies, so it's hard to
0: I feel like that's an untapped oh, frailty. Perfect Father's Day movie.
1: Yeah, that's a that is good.
0: Yeah. I feel like there's an untapped market of like dad-son horror or dad-daughter horror.
1: The loved ones is kind of like
0: Yeah. A little bit.
1: A little bit. I mean the relationship between the daughter and the dad is weird, but Um, I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's more if we really sat down and thought about it. Maybe
0: last house on the left, because you have Krug and his son. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's significantly less for sure, because I'm drawing more blanks besides the stepfather films, there's not like a ton that stick out in my head as, as, uh, you yeah, know, father, father, father films, but maybe we will look into that during father's day. When is father's day?
1: I think that's in July. I don't know when in July. We also got the 4th of July in July,
0: of course. So yeah, there's a handful of films for that. Mm-hmm. But, uh,
1: yeah, we'll see. We'll just have to keep track of things and try to make events out of these short, especially these smaller holidays make it fun. Yeah? Yeah. All In right. my opinion.
0: What about, like, Ramadan? Um, what that? Uh, Ramadan is... Let's is that
1: see. the sound of you looking it up? <laughs> <laughs> Ramadan. Is that Jewish?
0: Um, nope. Oh, I feel I stupid know, now. I don't know what it is. Rama- Ramadan?
1: Okay, well, I don't think there's any moves about that. So. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't even know what it is, I don't think anyone else does either. Uh,
0: and- it is April 23rd to May 23rd. Ramadan. Uh, it is... The ninth month of the Islamic calendar observed by Muslims worldwide as a month of fasting, prayer, and reflection and community.
1: Why did you even bring why did you even think to say that?
0: Because I knew Ramadan was going on right now.
1: Oh, okay. April
0: twenty-third to May twenty-third.
1: Like some smack just...
0: dab in the middle of Ramadan.
1: <laughs> Happy Ramadan, everybody. Yeah. I'm ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, so yeah, that was, you know, that was Mother's Day, uh, bought my mom a stuffed teddy bear and whatnot, and she was happy, and that is, that is, that is it, that, it's, my mom is the best, and she is, so, but, uh, moving right along, um, I guess, have you watched any moves since we last
0: recorded? Yeah, I, I don't know how many I've watched, but I feel like I've watched quite a few. <laughs> Alright, so, first up, uh, did I talk about Bloodsucking Freaks?
1: Um, let me pull up the list here. No, you did not.
0: Okay. Bloodsucking Freaks, I watched the Joe Bob Drive-In. This was number one of the night. Well, no, it was number two of the night. Chopping Mall was number one. So, Bloodsucking Freaks finally got around to it. Uh, it's also known as like the incredible torture show have you ever seen it no it's like a uh, film that uh it's very it's it's basically like a torture fest basically just people torturing each other type thing uh it like a like people pay to go see this show and it shows people getting tortured but like they think that it's fake and an act but it's real uh and there's like it actually had like like joe bob talked a lot about the history of like the actors and stuff like a lot of people like died like who made the movie um normally have like liver failure or something a lot of alcoholics on on that film (laughs) yeah Uh, and there's like a a midget or dwarf i don't know what the what's the appropriate term
1: it depends on what they are a dwarf and a midget are like two different
0: that's ridiculous problems (laughs) uh so anyway he you know talks about like the guy in there who apparently was like in a porn before like it got crazy with the backstories but the coolest aspect of and and by the way i'm not a huge fan of blood sucking freaks Uh, i give it like a 6 out of 10 i appreciate how it for the time because it came out in 1976 so Mm -hmm. i appreciate the level of like sleaze and violence and just just trash that it pushed but it's really not that good uh and it it reminded me of like a herschel gordon lewis film made by somebody else pretty much and what was cool was chris jericho the professional wrestler was on Mm. and dude that guy is awesome like he's a true blue horror fan man uh he he was super cool um looks a lot different than i remember him but he just seemed like mad cool and i was very that was a really good guess it made me appreciate him a lot and uh as somebody who loved like wrestling as a kid and then like completely disowned it as like a a middle lifer and then kind of piqued my interest a little bit later on in my adult life here uh i watched it during the time where chris jericho was really popular i didn't like him he was not somebody i liked. but I, I i almost i think it was just like the blonde hair like cockiness that i didn't appreciate it's so weird i hated people like that when i was younger but now i love that gimmick because like <laughs> that's kind of i i would say that i'm a little cocky um e- but you know so i i didn't i didn't like it back then it like annoyed me but i like like it now it's so funny. And uh, he just, it made me, like, interested to, like, go back and check out his work from, like, WCW and, like, whenever he went to WWF first and stuff. Because that was my era, but I just don't, I I didn't pay that much attention to him because I didn't like him. Um, But, yeah, definitely one of the cooler professional wrestlers, I think. And and Joe Bob, Joe Bob was really cool with him and stuff. So, yeah, that is Blood Sucking Freaks, 6 out of 10. But the monster, the last drive-in episode was great. Uh, then I watched I Spit on Your Grave, which is for episode number 183 of 22 Shots. I will be very brief on these just because I don't want to spoil my thoughts on there. Uh, so it is a rape revenge film, 1978, uh, four years after Last House on the Left, which was probably one of the bigger American uh, you know, staples in the rape revenge genre. Uh, I Spit on Your Grave is probably the most notorious it's known as day of the woman uh it came about after Mirzarchi uh got basically ran into a woman who had just been brutally raped and he got the idea for this film uh which is very uncomfortable and you know that's probably why it was done so well in terms of like that scene looking realistic Mm -hmm. because it was based off of his memory of what had happened to a woman and that's horrible but yeah it's it's definitely an interesting talk we probably talked the most about this one so definitely check that out Uh, my opinions on it changed a little bit Uh, then I watched savage vengeance which is uh, also known as I will dance on your grave from 1993 this is the unofficial sequel to I spit on your grave a lot of people don't know this exists um it was a shot on video film made by like donald farmer or something
1: what year is this from
0: 93
1: holy crap i didn't realize it was that much later
0: yeah and it is a shot on video film it runs like an hour and five minutes uh it actually stars camille keaton um she used a different name for the role but uh yeah she's actually in this film and i i'm not gonna worry about spoiling my opinions on it because nobody should like this movie because it's not good <laughs> uh, but it follows it like it It involves like there's a scene where Camille Keaton gets like gang raped like they almost like remake the first I spit on your grave as sort of like a flashback thing mm-hmm. so she gets like gang raped but everybody's wearing clothes mm-hmm. so that's something Savage Vengeance it's trash
1: yeah it sounds like
0: Uh, Then I watched I Spit on Your Grave 2010, which is a remake. Uh, It has that very washed out look with it's like completely devoid of color.
1: Mm. Very
0: gray, puke green. uh, You know, different shades of of, uh, grays and light grays and dark grays and 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 like light browns. Just, yeah. vi- just very um, washed out look to it. I kind of like it. A lot of people don't um, like that era, but I am kind of nostalgic for it a little bit at this point, 10 years ago. Uh, hard to believe this film is already 10 years old, but interesting remake. It definitely focuses heavily on the revenge aspect. Very, very much more of like exploitive. Uh, pretty interesting. We had an interesting conversation on that one. Uh, then I watched One Missed Call from 2003 for the t Putts Summer Series uh, with Duncan that I'm gonna be on. I got 2003, so I hadn't seen that one. Decided to check it out. Um, it's pretty cool. It's it's creepy. I'd say like the best part of it is in the final 30 minutes. It takes a little while to get going. Reminded me a lot of The Ring, uh, but yeah, it's it's pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, the funny thing about One Miss Call, and of course I'm talking about the uh, Japanese version directed by Takashi Miike uh, he, you know, it ha- it's dealing with phones and phone calls and phone messages and stuff, but all the phones are 2003 phones, so that's like right after the 90s, so they're all damn flip phones and it's really funny
1: mm-hmm. doesn't
0: age well, but it's kind of I'm kind of nostalgic for that era now too, you know
1: Yeah, like anything from 2001 to 2003, it's like you're going to see all those phones and outdated technology.
0: Mm -hmm. So that's one missed call. I gave it an 8 out of 10. thought it was pretty good. Uh, Then I watched Final Destination, also part of the t Summer Series prep. Uh, Final Destination 2, that is, which I just noticed that I actually wrote Final Destination and not Final Destination 2. I need to fix that. Final Destination 2. Uh, yeah, so this film uh, follows... Oh, dude. You know what? I love the Final Destination series. It's it, Now that I think about it, it's definitely one of my favorite franchises. It only has one miss, and the one miss has grown on me in terms of just entertainment. It's stupid, but and it's bad, but I'll take it. Uh, but the other four films in the series, all very solid. Uh, I love the concept of death, you know sort of Rune Goldberg machining everybody to death <laughs> uh and then also you have like the amazing opening cinematic with this film uh the the disaster which is always the funnest part of the Final Destination films is like the disaster and Final Destination 2 was really a good one probably probably the best one uh in yeah. terms of the d- disaster it still holds up I mean it made an entire nation scared to drive behind trucks with logs on them uh like literally like anytime i see one of those brings a little chill to my spine and uh the characters are great in this one i really like everybody um you know what the the you remember the drug addict one the one that's like snorting coke in his car and stuff yeah and the cops roll by and he's like you're gonna bust me bitch (laughs) yeah um i like i like, he reminds me of my friend's uh, cousin, who's more like an uncle almost in, in terms of, like, age. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100%, like, the same exact type of drug addict. Just, like, you know, trashy, has the same kind of ha- longer hair. Uh, You know, just, like, you know, it just reminds me totally of him. Doesn't give an F. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I-, I-, I give him props for talking shit on the cop after he rolls by. Oh, yeah? Yeah.
1: F the police.
0: Yeah, because I do that. (laughs) And you get mad.
1: Yeah, because I don't want us to go to jail.
0: Yeah, they'll roll by and I'll be like F the police.
1: They won't even roll by. They'll be like right next to us and you'll have your window down and they'll like have their window down and you'll say that like thinking they can't hear (laughs) and like flip them off. And I'm like, we're going to prison.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't even hate the police, but the police seem to target me, so. I, have I do. A little bit of a, a beef. All right. So, Final Destination 2. Love that one. It's so fun, man. It really is. 8.5 out of 10 on that, John. Uh, then we got Star Wars Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith, 2005. Last year, I watched six or five of the original two Star Wars trilogies, uh, and I never finished the sixth one. So, I finally decided it was Star Wars Day. May the fourth be with you. So I decided, hell, I'm going to watch some good old Star Wizardy Wars. You know what I'm saying?
1: No, I don't know what you're saying, but you're going to keep on saying it, so go ahead.
0: May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Get it?
1: Yes, I I get it. I know the joke. I know the day. I know.
0: Uh, This is probably my second or third favorite Star Wars film, Uh, right behind uh, The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, this one, to me, feels the most important, like the most epic, like the mo- the biggest stuff happens in this one. Uh, we see the full heel turn of Anakin Skywalker, who I think has the much better story than Luke Skywalker because there's, there's more depth to it and there's more reasons. Uh, th- it's almost more intriguing of how somebody goes bad than how somebody's good from the beginning. Even though there was a little tiny bit of like, uh, sort of what I don't, I don't know, I don't even know how to say it. There was a little bit of temptation, I guess, for Luke. It, I don't think anybody ever really took it serious, but Anakin, it, it works really well with. Um, it's actually I really like this movie. I think it's I think it's great Star Wars. Uh, I really like general grievous and count dooku and uh just how like um palpatine how that whole thing plays out mm, yes <laughs> 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 one day we're gonna watch all of the star wars i
1: don't want to
0: buddy look there's only like th- there's the original trilogy the prequel trilogy the new trilogy and then there's like the two spin offs, rogue one and solo and they're only, like, two and a half hours each. Ah! What? Dude,
1: look, I'm not watching these, okay? Yes, we I will. just don't want to. Yeah, I we're saw that one to. in the theater. I almost died.
0: We are going to do it.
1: I kept thinking it was over ten times.
0: <laughs> Buddy, listen. The... If you ever, if you, listen. Whenever we have the time, we're going to sit down and watch all the Star Warses.
1: We don't have time!
0: <laughs> <laughs> one day. Maybe there will be, like, two more by the time we do it
1: oh my god
0: yeah they're only they're only like two and a half hours each though oh my god <laughs> you um, you need like two days to do that nine and a nine out of ten nine out of ten uh then i'm i spin on your grave two from 2013 this one's different because it follows the uh it's like set in another country so that that was a kind of a cool little spin on it kind of like the answer to like the hostile type films and stuff uh mm-hmm. foreigners are bad and scary type thing uh, you know, this one is probably the most gratuitous in terms of just how like mean it is. It's just a very mean, dirty, disgusting. I spit on your grave. Which they all have that element, but this one's kind of more. So I think that this one's pretty gross. So yeah. All right, and then uh, let's see here. After that, I watched The Howling Six for my eleventh watch of 1991. Uh, it is a howling film. It howls. It is about the howlings.
1: Did you watch this film? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a review I would just make up when it's I thought it It's about this dude attention. who
0: rolls into this town and helps with this building this church thing, and then there's this carnival freak show aspect going on, and then there's a he he's a werewolf, and then there's a vampire. Spoiler alert. Uh, I like the freak aspect of it. It's not very good. But it is passable. I gave it a whole point higher than I originally had. I had it at a four out of ten the first time I ever seen it. I bumped it up to a five. It's not bad. Uh, I gave it a it's it's howling six to freaks it's 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 watchable it's just it's also too it's like an hour and forty five minutes like dude, come on you're the howling six. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah uh, I gave that one like a four yeah. Uh, after that I watched Wrong Turn 2003 for the Teef Put Summer Series. Uh, Wrong Turn man holds up. It is scary dude um, Little story about me when I was I don't know in 2003 however old I was how old would you say I would be? Uh, 12 Okay so about 12 I my pap got a huge stack of movies from his friend and this was in there Uh, And one night, I decided to start cracking through some of them. I watched We Were Soldiers first, the Mel Gibson film. And uh, it was really long and good. Uh, It's a Vietnam film. Not a horror film. It was a war movie. And uh, I I forgot to mention, I was home alone. Mm -hmm. And my pap, my grandma, I think they went out to a bar or something. And I was home alone and with this big stack of movies, which is, was always one of my favorite things. Ordered pizza. Just good night, right? You know, that's the, I, yeah. I'm nostalgic for those nights. Order a pizza, watch movies. It was just, like, the best thing in the world. Popped in wrong turn, and it blew my shitter out, dude. I was so scared of this movie. I've never really talked about this. I don't think it, it, ever. But I, I was actually, like, the scene where they you know find that i knew nothing about it either just you know turned it turned it on watch it uh the scene where they you know watch the uh or go into the house and then all of a sudden the, they find like the body parts and stuff and then all of a sudden the the people are coming back and they're very clever with the camera to not show uh the people too soon because you're like you know are they just regular people and then they turn out to be all like deformed and gross and stuff. And then, uh, you know, so, um, you know, the, uh, people, you know, they do the thing and, and, Mm -hmm. uh, they hide and it's super intense. And then in the morning when they're leaving the house Mm
1: -hmm. and,
0: you know, they look over and the one dude's eyes open, scary as shit. That movie scared, like I was freaked out that night, (laughs) you know, it was good stuff. I live in the woods too, so you know that stuff's scary.
1: Yeah, that would freak me out.
0: Um, and you know, I like West Virginia. I've been to West Virginia a, a, a lot of times, and dude, it's it's crazy out there. You know, the woods is nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, wrong turn, two thousand three. I mean, we like we literally live like forty minutes away from West Virginia.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's crazy.
0: Uh, wrong turn. Two thousand three, eight point five out of ten, super good. Uh, I spit on your grave three. Vengeance is mine. Uh, this film is the uh, is actually an official sequel. Like, well, obviously they're all official. The one and or two and three are official sequels. But I'm saying it's a direct sequel to I spit on your grave one, the remake. So it follows that girl from that film. And I thought it was probably one of the more interesting of the I Spit on Your Grave films because it was following... It didn't have the same setup. Like, I Spit on Your Grave 1, Savage Vengeance, I Spit on Your Grave the remake, and I Spit on Your Grave 2 all are about the same thing. A girl gets raped and gets revenge. This one was different. It followed a girl who had already gotten raped, already got her revenge, and is now... uh, integrating back into society just just a different a nice little change of pace you know break the mold a little bit mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I thought this one was super interesting uh, definitely check out our thoughts on that one after that I watched my 200th film
1: which- wow <laughs> round of applause everybody <laughs> what dude Is that good? (laughs) What? Do you you want me to, like, send you a fucking present too? You
0: can't say the F word.
1: Uh, No, we all get one. I just said it, so you're not allowed to say it now the rest of the show. I get it this time because,
0: you know. Why are you.
1: (laughs) What? It was my
0: 200th film.
1: I know, and I'm saying, like, wow. How amazing. I'm so proud. <laughs> I might tear up.
0: Uh, well, okay. So, the reason Carly sounds like a massive B is because I got mad that she did not acknowledge that I had hit my 200th film, so I asked her to redo it.
1: Yeah, this dude's gonna come at me twisted. First of all, that was the second redo. So, like, I, you know, I, I already, u- I was excited the first time he announced his 200th film. I was. I said like, damn, homie, or something like that. And now he's gonna come back in here and like try to announce it again. And th- no, that's not how that works. That's like a surprise party where like you know your stupid drunk uncle ruins the surprise for you, and you have to go in and like pretend that oh my god, yay, wow. So, anyway, go on.
0: So it was scanners to the new order yes uh scanners too it follows like this these underground people who have this ability where they can scan people which is basically like uh telepathy type stuff but they could also make people's like heads explode and like kind of control them a little bit and this politician gets a hold of this like good scanner who's like really good at it and basically wants to use him to kind of uh be corrupt and stuff like that and he resists and then he sends his other scanner after him and stuff like that it, it's a pretty cool movie it reminds me of like if they did an X-Men film in the early 90s uh, it's like you know it's it's as close as you're going to get to an X-Men movie until like 2003 where they made one uh, but I like it it's it's pretty solid little sequel there it's like more sci-fi um, I like the vibe and the atmosphere of like the early 90s It opens up in an arcade. Just super cool. Uh, 7 out of 10. Uh, Then we have Scanners 3, The Takeover from 1991 as well. Uh, And this one is... uh, It's a bit of a step down from Scanners 2. I used to like them about equally, but Scanners 2 definitely took over for that. Uh, There's some good special effects. It opens up on Christmas night, which is kind of cool. And it you know has a good first scene but that's kind of gets a little boring after that this dude and his sister and uh you know are you
1: saying i I have to watch two scanner movies
0: in 91 yeah why the first one is boring the david cronenberg one yes dude you're gonna get shot for saying that cronenberg is like a national treasure
1: i know who cronenberg is i'm just saying i don't like it that
0: much well, it is one of his, like, weirder films, but, uh, Scanners 2 and 3 both came out in 91. Why? Well, I mean, the, fir- the second one came out in 91, and then the third one, like, premiered at a festival in 91, but really didn't get wide released until 92, but there are two Scanners films that technically came out in 91. Oh, okay. I didn't realize there were two more Scanners films after that. <laughs>
1: I didn't know that either.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's like scanner cop, and then like scanner something else, scanners, scanner something. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, gave that one, gave the first one a seven. Uh, give that one a six. Cool. Uh, then I watched "I Spit on Your Grave" Deja Vu from 2019. Uh, this is a direct sequel to the original "I Spit on Your Grave," uh, directed by mirrors archie or whatever the hell his name is uh and he was the director of the original uh starring camille keaton returning to be like 70 some years old and i spit on your grave movie (laughs) uh and it follows her and her daughter who run into the family of the peoples that that raped her and that she murdered on paper sounds very good uh then you realize that, and I'm not saying it's good or bad right now, you have to listen to the review. It follows a those two people for two and a half hours. Uh-huh. Insane.
1: I have no interest in watching this film.
0: I spent $23 on it.
1: Oh my god. And
0: it's burn on demand. It's not even a press disc. Oh. Uh- could have made my own. Um, after that, I watched Mania. And that's the last of the I Spit on Your grave Films. But there is a remake of Savage Vengeance in the work, which is just crazy. Uh, after that, I watched Maniac, 2000... Or, sorry, 1980. <clears throat> this is the last drive-in watch. Joe Spinell delivers a amazing performance as the deranged Frank Zito. Uh, it's raw, unfiltered violence and i love it i love the whole psychological aspect involving the mannequins and sort of like the the whole mother thing. there's another one mother a mother's day one
1: oh yeah yeah
0: M- mommy issues it's big in horror mm-hmm. and uh that's why if i ever become a deranged killer mm-hmm. you know why yeah that is true uh but yeah it's it's an amazing movie 9.5 out of 10 love the gritty new york uh setting uh then you have good old joe bob interviewing tom savini for this one uh, it was a lot of fun tom talked to you know a little bit about the effects blowing his head up uh they um mentioned his school and stuff which is cool and they also talk about his remake of night of the living dead have you ever seen that
1: Yeah, I've only seen it once, though. I remember it's pretty good.
0: It is good. Uh, Okay, then we have 1988's Heathers, which follows uh, Winona Ryder, who, like, is very angsty. And she meets this dude, played by Christian Slater, and they start killing her classmates and making it look like suicides. Pretty cool movie, honestly. Uh, I heard the writer watched a bunch of John Hughes films of the '80s and just thought like he, his kind of a, he wanted to do his own interpretation of that. Definitely feels like it. Uh, sort of you know that he was aware of those and um, I really like the just quirkiness vibe to it. Really fun and Winona Ryder, very 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 fun actress. So and Christian Slater was really fun in this too. Uh, more of a black comedy but solid solid little movie i had a lot of fun with it uh joe bob opened up talking about the um the the specific school in texas that was like riddled with suicides like it Hmm. was famous for having suicides like one time there was three suicides in a week Jeez. yeah and he you know talked about that he talked about his little history with Winona Rider and stuff very very fun little uh episode there for um the last drive-in you know Maniac and Heather's two completely different movies but I dug it and Heather's that's one that I'll probably revisit a time or two down the road and I like when Joe Bob shows like some borderline horror stuff because we get so much horror stuff on there that like it's nice to sort of have something that's a little bit offbeat, and it reminded me of like on Monster Vision where that when they would show like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory sometimes or like Surviving the Game sometimes or Mad Max sometimes, just something a little bit different. Hell, they showed like some John Waters films on there before. <laughs> um, but yeah, Heather's, I gave it a seven and a half out of ten, pretty good. Uh, then I watched Cabin Fever. This is my last film. I watched Aww. Cabin Fever. What? nothing go
1: on i was just saying that's a lot of movies Uh,
0: yeah i watched cabin fever and uh it is one of my favorite films of it technically came out in 2002 the way we do it but according to duncan's teapot summer series rules it counts as 2003 so it did fall upon my year and not your year uh because you're right before me isn't that cool you're 2002 and i am 2003
1: yeah i wanted to i was like cabin fever was one of those memorable ones from 2002 i wanted to like mention and then i looked it up and i was like whoa it's not my movie
0: yeah so uh oh thanks for telling me by the way because i didn't end up picking it and luckily duncan knew that it was 2003
1: oh well i thought okay whatever dude
0: yeah but whatever uh I love I think this movie has like such a nice little blend. You know, it has this comedy, it has this blackness of the humor, it has this gross-outness, it has the serious aspect of a flesh-eating virus and getting infected and paranoia and stuff like that. It's a good it's a good time. It's one of the films that got me back into horror. I now have a giant one-sheet poster of it that I need to frame one day. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah so that's pretty cool uh all right and then next up we have what our, what
1: me my turn is what we have no
0: you said that was the last no, no, one no, no, no. this is the last one buddy
1: okay
0: we have critters three all right and critters three is my 14th watch in on 1991 <laughs> it follows uh this little kid, her little brother, uh, Le- a little young Leonardo DiCaprio, in I assume like New York or Chicago or something. And I don't know if they actually say, I can't remember. One of the big cities. And the critters like hop along and end up in their apartment complex. Meanwhile, you got this like s- uh, slum lord who's trying to move them out so they can demolish it and probably put up a skyscraper or something. And you have uh (laughs) you have these uh all these quirky characters in here with like um happy gilmore's grandma and uh this other like sleazy new york uh, maintenance guy and these old couple and and all these different characters and they are battling the krites the critters trying to stay alive in this uh, apartment horror board like boarding house thing I, I had a lot of fun with this one. 7 out of 10. Cool. Alright, and then I watched...
1: Oh my god! <laughs> what? Are you kidding? Yeah. Are you sure? No. Oh my god!
0: No, I'm kidding.
1: Okay. Well, guys, anyway, uh, to move on to me, um... I was... You know what? I'm done.
0: <laughs> what? I
1: just, I just feel, like, disrespected.
0: I fell a nizzle, dude.
1: Dude, you can cop a nizzle after me talking. I'll go fast with mine because you marathoned yours, so. I don't have as many as you. I have kind of a good bit, though. But. To start off with, um, an absolute classic. I'm actually embarrassed that I watched this and wasn't gonna mention it, but I figured why not mention all my moves. Um, I watched Halloween Resurrection. Why? because it is a 2002 move and i was under the impression i had to watch all these moves. So, Wait, I watched somebody
0: that- actually selected that?
1: Yes. Who? I believe it was uh Mr. Mark Ball.
0: Mark Ball. More yeah. like Mark Nut.
1: And he said in the chat i think he was like I, I i can make a good argument for why this one needs mention, so
0: Jeez.
1: Yeah, we'll see about that. But uh, Halloween Resurrection, obviously, I didn't really need to watch this, but I kind of just, you know, I'm trying to like watch every single movie that's been selected just for the heck of it. And it was like I just kind of threw it on and was doing some other stuff in the background. But uh, yeah, you know, this movie is not a good film at all. It's um, actually pretty much trash. Um, Only redeemable thing for it is it's a little bit nostalgic for me. But even then, when I was a kid, I recognized it was pretty dumb and not a good Halloween sequel but uh you know Buster Rhymes sucks in it um all the characters are super annoying like the blonde haired chick and just Tyra Banks like everyone in this movie pretty much sucks the main girl's kind of bland and uh you know it's pretty much a joke to the Halloween franchise so um for me you know it's just like a I I think I gave this like a three out of ten um Not a good movie, but it was just like an easy one to kind of throw on and not really put too much thought into. Um, so yeah, that's that one. Um, and then next up we have another 2002 move, and that was One Hour Photo. Um, have you ever seen this one? Nope. All right, well, it is the Robin Williams film. Um, well, it's categorized as like a thriller, but this is uh another 2002 movie, like I said, and um. Basically, Robin Williams plays this sort of lonely, um, guy who works at the one-hour photo place in this, uh, you know, grocery store, like, Walmart-esque store, and, um, he kind of is a little, kind of falls in love with his family, essentially. It's, like, a mom and her son always come in to get their pictures developed, and, um he's just very fascinated by them and like I said he's lonely he doesn't have a wife or any kids or anything so uh he kind of puts it in his head that he could like be a part of this family um and he just gets obsessed with them and he's kind of ends up like stalking them outside their house and like saving copies of their photos and like posting them in his place and it just kind of escalates and gets out of control um I saw this one when I was a kid, and I thought it was uh, kind of weird and didn't really know what to think of it. And my mom actually felt the same way. But upon rewatch, I really like this movie. Um, It's it's really good. Robin Williams, of course, he's usually playing, like, the lighthearted, uh, comedic type of character. And um, he does a really good job in this movie Is like, a uh, just mentally screwed up, lonely person kind of psychopath who's trying to, like... Get in on these people's lives, and um, you know, he's just very unsettling. Uh, the movie's got this weird white out look throughout it. Uh, like the photo center, the whole store is like always white, and then there's moments where he's having dreams and it's just all white. And like even his hairs, like Robin Williams' hair, is like dyed this whitish blonde color. It's um, just very kind of unique and uh, a weird look to the film. Um, and you know, you kind of mentioned like in one hour photo how the phones are dated and it's funny in this movie it's kind of makes me nostalgic for the time of having just throwaway cameras where you took the picture had no idea what it was gonna come out looking like and then you actually had to go to the store and develop them at the one hour photo place so um I find that you know interesting about this movie because the whole film Robin Williams is also kind of taking pictures of the family and stuff with just these like you know the basic throwaway old fashioned cameras and uh It's a good one. I like this one. Um, I think I gave it like an 8 out of 10. So that's that. And then after that, um, moved on to a 2004 movie, and that was Satan's Little Helper. This was a first-time watch for me, and uh, I dug it. You know, I didn't really know much about this one. I knew it was one of those uh, mentioned Halloween-setting type of movies, um, but... Other than that, I'd never seen it before and didn't really know what it was going to be like. At first, I didn't think I was going to like it too much because it's clearly a little bit more low budget. And it's uh, played in kind of a goofy manner where you got this kid who's, like, dressed up like Satan. And then he essentially becomes Satan's little helper to, uh, quote-unquote, Satan. And um, he's kind of going around and they're, like, you know, raising hell, essentially. Um but I dug it. I, I thought the little kid was super annoying, but at the same time I, the movie kind of has this charm to it that was enjoyable. And like I said, it's got like these comedic aspects, but uh, at the same time, there's some creepy moments with this Satan guy. Like The look of his mask is really creepy, and just the way he's just kind of standing there not talking the whole movie is um, freaky as well. So, um, I dug it. Uh, I think I gave that one like a seven, or seven and a half, something like that. Then after that, uh, Another 2004 movie, and obviously a probably the most well-known one. Uh, I decided to rewatch Saw. Um, yeah, Saw, fantastic film. You know, two guys. You
0: don't fucking like Saw.
1: I was going to say things. Let me say some things. Um, I think it's a fantastic film. You know, I think it's very well written. I think you know it's got that contained horror, as you like to call it. And uh, I think the two main actors you're pretty much dealing with uh, are great in the film um but yeah saw is not one of those ones that i run back to because i do find it very depressing for obvious reasons and uh it's just kind of a downer of a film even watching it this time i was like man i don't even want to watch this i'm sad but um yeah the saw franchise isn't my favorite for sure i'm not into like the tortury stuff Or i like, was very the...
0: curious to see how many saws got involved
1: Oh yeah, yeah. That's a good point.
0: I know the the year that I had one, it didn't.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I guess two thousand four. They they like came out. They were coming out like every year or so, every two years. So yeah. yeah. Um, that's intriguing. Um, but yeah, I mean, saw first one. Obviously, that's uh probably one of the higher points of two thousand four. It's uh great film uh really well made um but like i said just not one of my favorites personally because i prefer to not be sad and depressed and it has that very gloomy look all the saw movies have that just grayish tone to them and uh i'm not a huge fan of that tone honestly it just kind of some movies it's fine with me like the ring that's a good example the word has that kind of washed out look to it, but uh it for the most part depresses me but Moving along, we have another 2004 flick, and that is marabito This was a Japanese horror film um, that I had never heard about or anything like that. Um, I think marabito means unique one. Um, so, that's I think that's what it said, like on the Wikipedia or IMDB page at least. I am
0: Marabito. Um,
1: what? No, you're not. You suck. Um, but, anyway... Marabito, this is, uh, about some weird guy who is fascinated with, like, this underground world. I forget exactly what it's called, but, uh, the movie starts out kind of weird. He kind of ventures to this, like, just almost parallel universe. It's, like, underground, and, um, he, while he's down there, he sees this strange woman who is naked and chained in this sort of cave, or, like, under this rock, so he actually decides he's gonna save her and take her back to his apartments. and um when he takes her back he realizes she's she's not like a human she pretty much behaves like an animal she walks on all fours for the most part or you know pretty much crawls and uh she doesn't know how to talk and he tries to feed her and give her drinks but she refuses them or if he tries to make her she'll puke so um he soon kind of realizes that she doesn't have a taste for food and she is pretty much a blood-sucking sort of succubus type of character. So um, at first I didn't think I was going to like this movie. It just seemed very weird and uh, it's a little bit low budget as well. But once it got into it and you see what this girl's all about and uh, what this guy's kind of doing and how he's like taking care of her, it's really disturbing and it's actually kind of uh unsettling and gross at times and uh i i really enjoyed it i liked it i like movies like this um yeah i dug this one i this is one of those ones i'd never heard of before so i'm glad i got the chance to watch it so marabito then after that uh we have a repeat here because i also watched critters 3 from 1991 and i enjoy this movie this was i think a second time or third time, I think it was the second time watch for me, and um, you know, not not as good as part one. I barely, I don't even remember part two that well, honestly. But uh, this one, you know, you you already said it. You got little Leonardo DiCaprio in his first role, and uh, you have this family that's like a dad and the two kids, and um, the mom has passed away, so the dad's kind of like a down of the dumps type of guy, and uh, they return home to their, like, scummy apartments, and Leonardo DiCaprio and his uh, asshole of a stepdad are going there because they happen to own the apartments and they're going to evict them. But then you also have the critters, and the critters come around and are causing they're all crates, these...
0: The buddy. Oh,
1: the crites, sorry, are coming around and they are uh, causing all these problems. So all the people are kind of stuck in this apartment, and the majority of the movie is, like, in this apartment setting, which I dig, so... I think it's pretty fun. You know, um, it, it's got this very extra cheesy aspect to it, but I had a good time with it. This is probably the best time. Well, like I said, I think this is like the second time I've ever watched it, but I had a much better time watching it this time around. It seemed like I just had a good time with it. Uh, not, you know, some of the acting's a little iffy and uh, dialogue's a little cheesy, but I enjoyed it. Then after that, we have a TV movie called The Haunted, from 1991 now uh i'm gonna pull jp here and say here's a story about me uh when i was a kid there was a move on tv and my mom and i were watching it or my mom was watching it and i just happened to be you know on the floor playing or something in the living room and uh i ended up watching some of it with her and i all i can remember was there's was this really creepy scene where the family I knew it was like a haunted type of movie where they're being haunted by this demon and there's a scene where the family is out camping and they, they're they having a good time and they think everything is at peace and then do- the daughter looks up and there's like this uh, black shadow just um, in the middle of the night by the picnic table and I remember thinking that was the creepiest thing in the world when I was a kid and I never knew what the movie was called and my mom didn't know what movie I was talking about and I thought this movie was like lost forever and then, uh, Wait, flash forward. Critters? No, The Haunted. Oh. Listen to me. <laughs> the Haunted from 1991. It's a TV movie. You're gonna have to watch it, so listen. <sighs> anyway.
0: It wasn't Critter's Three. No! But you said that they were, they met up in the forest and they were playing frisbee.
1: No, dude. I said that they were having a picnic and they were camping and there was a demon. Is there a demon floating around in Critter's Three?
0: I mean, the crates look like demons.
1: No, they don't. This is the third. You, you know what? This sucks. Like, I was telling a big story and you ruined it.
0: Tell it, tell but it, tell
1: it. I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to tell it. I am telling tell it, tell it. it. But anyway, tell fl- it. flash tell forward it. Tell to like. Tell... <laughs> I am hanging up the call. Flash forward to like, um, about a year. Probably not even a year ago. Um, in your group page, 22 Shots of Moods and Horror, I believe. I don't want to get. I don't know if this this might be completely wrong. Uh, it's who's the dude that does the franchises in your group all the time? Like he watched like all the crappy Amityville.
0: Oh yes. What? Jim. Kamalius. Oh yeah, you're right.
1: Okay, yeah. I never knew how to say his last name.
0: I, don't, I just made that up on the. I, don't, fact, I, I figured, it. but it's like when G- you said Jim from Toronto.
1: Okay, yeah, but um, I think it was him. It was either him or like Jonathan Wilhelm, but I think it was jim so if i got that wrong i apologize but um anyway he posted this move in the group and he was you know doing a little review on it and something about the synopsis and the cover i was like huh huh and then i looked up the move and i found that scene and i was like holy crap this is the movie and i thanked him i sent this big message i was like wow that is the move this is crazy so anyway. Back to the point, uh, The Haunted, this is a story about um, a family who uh, moves into this duplex and uh, the mom, the, uh, you know, the grandparents pretty much live next door and um, the mom, dad and their kids live on the other side and um, everything's fine at first but then they start becoming haunted and this is actually, oddly enough, a Warren film. Ed and Lorraine Warren movie based story. And they actually do have the Warrens in this movie. Uh, you know, not super well casted in my opinion, but uh I, I thought I think it's kind of interesting because this is like one of those based on their uh case file stories. And um the movie is definitely dated, but there's actually some creepy moments in this film, um it, that hold up pretty well. Uh the effects, like that scene I kind of mentioned at the Camp Out uh, is very dated. It's it, it was silly to me looking it up and seeing, like, oh, that's actually not even that scary at all. But other than that, for a TV movie, I actually think this is pretty creepy. You don't really see good uh, movies like this, uh, especially ghost films. Like, they use a lot of effects in this film, where I feel a lot of TV movies don't really use effects. It's kind of, like, by your mind and stuff. Uh, Jeffrey DeMond's actually in this film as the father. He's played in quite a few things, but... I dig it. I dug it quite a bit. I recommend it uh, for 91 Anyway, to move along, uh, we have Irreversible from 2002. First time watch for me. Um, Yeah, this is a fantastic movie uh, told in reverse order. Uh, I think the reverse order actually uh, works really well for the type of film that they have made here. What was that noise? Did you fart?
0: No, it was much air. Okay. Anyway,
1: um... I think the reverse order of the film uh, is very clever because I think it makes more of an impact on, especially, what, you know, what happens to the one female character. Um, the rape scene in the movie, uh, like everyone has said, it's probably one of the most brutal and hard to watch rape scenes ever. Just not even so much brutal, it's just like it feels realistic and it goes on for an entire scene. And um, yeah, it's pretty intense. And like I said, it feels very realistic. So, um, yeah, I think this is a really good movie. Uh, once again, well-acted. There's the scene towards the beginning where this guy is running around a bar trying to find, uh, essentially, the rapist. And um, it's a very long scene, and it's very disorienting. The music, uh, it kind of makes you feel nauseated. And I read that... That was uh, intentional. Yes, that is what I read. And even the lights and stuff, it just seems like it would cause seizures or something. So... Um, But it keeps you enthralled. The entire movie, I'm just like, wow. Like You're super into it. It's uh, just genius filmmaking, in my opinion. Great movie. I'm glad I finally watched it. After that, I watched Dahmer from 2002. Dude, Uh,
0: what the hell? How many movies did you watch?
1: I watched a lot of moves, but you also watched a lot of moves, so I also am allowed to talk about my moves, I believe. So. Dahmer. Um... This is a movie you've always told me about. Uh, You've always kind of hyped up a bit. And, um, yeah. Obviously, it's uh, kind of a little story about Jeffrey Dahmer. And it's told in an interesting way, where you kind of have him living in the present as uh, a grown adult. Like, he has his own place. And uh, you're seeing uh, different him kind of stalk out different guys and lure them back to his place. But then you're you're also getting kind of like this... uh, in the past type thing where he's living with his parents and I believe they like go away for the weekend or something. So he's home alone and he uh, invites this guy over to smoke weed and uh, he's doing pretty much the same stuff. It's like the same type of things going on when he's young and versus when he's older and it keeps going back and forth throughout the movie. I thought that was a cool way to tell the story. Uh, Dude, the plays Jeffrey Dahmer does a great job. He's very unsettling and just, seems like a total creep. He looks like a creep. He sounds like one. His dialogue just, um, makes you uncomfortable and makes you think like, yeah, you should probably get away from this guy. There's something up with him. Um, I also like the look of the film too, especially in his apartment. It's got like these sort of reds and just, uh, kind of like this almost plain look. Uh, there's not a whole lot of decor or anything like that, but, um, I think it makes it even more, you know, unsettling and watchable but yeah I enjoyed Dahmer pretty good one I, I've actually never seen any other <clears throat> Jeffrey Dahmer inspired films um so. there's a
0: few of them there's one that Intervision put out that I want really bad <clears throat> um yeah. my friend Dahmer is really good but this one is definitely like when I, it did make my top 10 of 2002 that's why 2002 is such an interesting year for you to talk about because I've seen so much of everything that came out in 2002 mm-hmm um, but uh, my friend Dom or uh, Dahmer is probably the film that I considered the biggest gem of the year when I watched it. Yeah. Um, the one fun thing about doing the summer series is, for the most part, all these movies are good.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm having a pretty good time with this. Yeah. At and- first, I kind of looked at the list of stuff and i was like Ugh, like this all seems like it's gonna be horrible and then getting into it, it's like I, i've been enjoying watching these movies quite a
0: bit yeah and it also uh ups your horror cred
1: it does yes yeah especially like a lot of these are like foreign movies too and those are the ones i've been enjoying the most so yeah um you know a lot of subtitle watching of course but i don't mind that if i'm in the mood it's no biggie but I just have I just have uh, like ten more moves, buddy, and I'm almost done. So, yeah. uh, after that, we have Alligator Two from '91. Um, saw you know Alligator at that drive-in. That was probably my favorite movie of that night. That was a fun lineup that we saw. That was a, um, that was
0: probably my funnest lineup. <clears throat> I mean, even the boogans was pretty fun, but Critters, <clears throat> the Buggins, uh, Alligator and deadly spawn which was probably my mm-hmm. favorite deadly spawn might have dude they were it was all really fun
1: yeah i surprisingly had a good time with that because i'm not big on like the creature feature type of films but yeah alligator uh the first one i really enjoyed so i was curious about this one and um yeah I, this one's okay i think it's kind of dull honestly it's it's no alligator, let me tell you that. Um, it, it lacks alligate, I feel. I feel like if there was just a little bit more alligate throughout the film, it would have been more entertaining. But it's more kind of about like the people investigating and trying to take down the alligator and stuff like that. But when you see the alligate, I'm happy. But in general, I thought it was kind of boring and a little bit weak compared to the other one. Like, not much going for it. So... That was a little disappointing, but whatever. Um, Moving along, uh, I watched The Eye. I watched this one last night. uh, The Eye from 2002. Never seen this one before. It's actually a Hong Kong uh, film. So another, you know, subtitled one. But this is about a girl who, uh, she went blind at the age of two. And she's been blind her whole life. Now she's an adult and she gets this surgery where they uh, basically give her new eye implants. And um, it's a success. But the problem is, when she starts to slowly kind of regain vision, um, she finds that she is seeing people that other people are not seeing. So she is basically seeing ghosts. And um,
0: are eye transplants real?
1: I don't think so. I don't. I was gonna look that up because, cause because if they were real, one like would everyone
0: should be blind then?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's legit because I think it's eyes and like the brain are like complicated i feel like because yeah i agree if they were real i don't think anyone would be there'd be no reason to be blind but yeah so um you know she gets these eyes and then uh she's seeing things she thinks she's she knows she's like seeing ghosts pretty much and she kind of turns to she gets this therapist who is uh hired to help her see pretty much because she only knows stuff from touch which is kind of interesting like there's a part where he's like holding up a stapler and he's like do you know what this is and she doesn't know what it is unless she touches it because that's all she would know and that's kind of an intriguing thing i never really thought about that probably is how it would be if a blind person suddenly could see they wouldn't know something by vision but So she kind of enlists this dude's help and uh, he's a young guy, you know, this therapist and he kind of takes a liking to her uh, in a relationship type of way as well. So, um, he's trying to help her out and she feels she has to like figure out what's going on and find whose eyes these were and why she's seeing these things. Um, I like this movie. This was actually really creepy, um. Mostly images she's seeing are pretty creepy there's some good uh jump scare moments in it that hold up pretty well and uh yeah i i like this like i said i'm having fun with these uh sort of asian slash just foreign movies in general um i think they they all hold up really well for being you know from the early early 2000s and uh they're pretty creepy so this was another good one um I think I saw the I remake a while ago, but I don't remember it at all. I feel like I, I don't think it was that good. But then after that, uh, I watched Below today, um, and I was pretty bored by that movie. You know, it's people in this boat, and... Uh, Stuff goes down, it kind of has the vibe of, like, Alien or Leviathan, where you just got this crew, and, uh, underwater, those types of movies, and, uh, I'm just not a big fan of these movies, honestly, like, the only one that really wants to kind of work for me that are in this territory is Alien, which I'm not even a huge fan of that, but that one has worked the best for me, and The Thing, I would almost, I would kind of compare that to these types of movies, uh, obviously that's the best one in my opinion, but, uh, Yeah, I I didn't really care for this. I thought it was kind of bland and boring and just not my cup of tea. I always find the characters I get them all confused in these types of movies too. It seems like they cast similar-looking people and it's hard to really tell them apart. But uh, and then lastly, I watched. I finished 28 Days Later today. I actually started watching this like a few nights ago and fell asleep and I only had like not much time left, so I just kind of put it on. And uh, I'd seen this one before. Again, it was just one I felt like I needed a refresher on. Um, I think it's a solid Infection movie. Uh, I think it's very dreary and depressing. One thing I like about it is the look of it on the... Like, when they're outside, it reminds me of a survival video game type of deal. um, In movie form. Uh, But one thing I don't like about it is how dark it is when they're inside places. Because I find it's kind of hard for me to see what's going on. And it's kind of got that, like, just depressing look to it. Uh, But whole well, maybe it's depressing, obviously, because it's an infection film, and these really aren't my types of films, but uh, I think 28 Days Later is a good movie, and once again, it holds up well, which is something I could say for like all these 2002 films, so I'm done.
0: About freaking time.
1: Dude, I don't think it's fair that when you go, I sit back politely and listen, and I feel like when I go, it's like I'm taking up all your time.
0: Well, I'm just saying you do that, Oh. <laughs> Alright, well.
1: Would you like to get into our featured review?
0: Yes, let's do the damn thing.
1: Yes. Which is.
0: What movie are we doing tonight? I
1: forget, uh...
0: It the is Wretched. The Wretched, 2019. Yes.
1: So, a synopsis on The Wretched is you have a defiant teenage boy struggling with his parents' imminent divorce. Faces off with a thousand-year-old witch who is living beneath the skin of and posing as the woman next door.
0: Sounds legit.
1: Yep. So, what did you think?
0: What did you think?
1: I think I told what I thought first last time, but alright. Um, I like this movie. I uh, enjoyed the setting. I like the... It's kind of like... In the middle of the nowhere, you know, you got this kid, he goes to stay with his dad, I guess, for the summer time, or I don't really know exactly, but um, he goes to stay with him, and the dad kind of lives, like, in the middle of this isolated area, kind of out in the country, I guess, and uh, he works at this, um, what do you call it, like, a canoe, not really canoe, but, like, just rafting type place where they give, like, different boating lessons and stuff like that, and you could just take your boat out and ride it so it's like on the beach um i always like that setting in movies because that's like the setting that i would like to live in in real life so um i like that right away um and uh the story of this movie i really enjoyed uh you know you got this kind of teenage kid who's new to the area and um he they have this this neighbor that's like across the way and that consists of like this mom dad and their two children and um, the teenage boy kind of starts noticing some weird stuff going on next door. And he feels that he has to kind of like try to solve what's going on and like protect the young boy in the house. And um, I thought it was actually really creepy at times, which is uh, refreshing because a lot of movies don't really capture that too well. It seems like for me nowadays, but there's actually some really scary moments throughout this film very unsettling and just spooky things going on i like the whole just sort of in the middle of nowhere aspect when he's like at his dad's house and then it's nighttime and stuff is like going down next door um thought all the characters were pretty likable as well so um yeah i enjoyed it what did you think
0: yeah first of all i love any type of move i i i've I've always wondered when i was going to get out of these but I've always liked movies that follow teenagers and like them going like fish out of water, not necessarily fish out of water, but sort of like move to a new spot. Mm -hmm. I've always liked those for some reason. And like, even like, even some of the stuff that's cliche, like he meets this cute girl that he works with and stuff. That's like a ride or die going to be his ride or die homie that he's going to bond with and be friends with and tell all his like. Stuff that he's learning too, and she's not gonna believe him, and then she is. Like I, I expect all that to happen, but I still like it. It still works for me. I like the little um rear window slash like disturbia little thing. I
1: wanted to be the one to say that too
0: bad. Oh uh thing that's happening next door. Um I dig that. Uh one of my favorite aspects of it was the the whole like the witch can like erase your memories type thing or like Mm -hmm. makes you forget people that was really neat i like that yeah um the witch itself herself looked pretty cool um i feel like that the story and like how it all plays out is a little bit wonky like there's probably some things you could pick apart with that uh which i won't go into for like spoiler reasons but i feel like there might be some some minor issues with like the powers of the witch and, like, how it all works and stuff like that.
1: I feel like some character development is a little bit, like, off, too. Like, I feel like there's certain plot points kind of introduced that hint at things, and then they're kind of not really advanced upon. You Mm -hmm. just kind of assume things. uh, Like, the boy breaking his arm. Like you, I I mean, I guess towards the end, like, you see, like, what's going on with that, and then the whole parent situation, but... It wasn't a huge deal. It was just like tiny little aspects like that, but
0: um, yeah. In the uh, you got the wife or the girlfriend of the father yeah. and stuff. Hmm. Um. I thought the witch was pretty creepy. Um. I thought the story unfolded quite nicely. I I enjoyed the. I enjoyed like the concept of like the witch wearing people's skin, like literally. You know what I mm-hmm. mean. That was creepy. I love the little tree that she lives in. That's creepy. Overall, pretty creepy. I think that the only, I think like this is almost like a a home run, but just doesn't quite get there Mm. for me.
1: Yeah. I mean, I had pretty, my issues were pretty minor with it. Home runs kind of, that's like a strong word for me, but I, I really enjoyed it. It's probably one of the, better for sure better movies probably one of my favorite movies i've watched so far this year honestly so um the i mean just the witch being inside like the lady next door's body is super scary to me just any and, and you know the little boy kind of being like you know mom's acting strange and she's like the, those sort of movements that you see those effects where it's like cracky and like the body like it sounds like every bone in the body is like cracking i don't know what you would call that so that always kind of creeps me out so um yeah uh home run like i said that's a strong word but i, I think it's definitely yeah, that's why one i, I would it was, recommend
0: that's why i said it's almost it, it seems like it could have been a home run but it's not yeah um but yeah i think that overall it's a pretty solid little movie um i like the concept easy to watch too which is very like easy engaging movie Mm -hmm. um overall i don't have many complaints with it uh i just it's you know it's it's good
1: it is yes good little creepy movie i recommend it do
0: you have anything else on that
1: um i don't think so no all
0: right uh so let's go and rate this bad boy um but first let's get into some letterboxed reviews so we have a positive and a negative one here um, so let's see, um, let's go with the really negative one, hmm. which is a one and a half star. Dang. Um, this reviews in bullet points, bullet point number one, the lead performances by John Paul Howard is one of the weakest parts of the movie. He's doing something that's between CW and lifetime series in a low budget Netflix original movie. It's an entirely surface level performance of teenage cliches with nothing more than what that's going on bullet point two the supporting cast fares better though they might mainly be be by comparison uh piper Curdy curda is fun to watch and flirty sassy mallory jameson jones abley fills a very late period dennis quaid as role zara Mahaller is charismatic and does a good job in the horror scenes the Pierce brothers do an okay job with the horror visuals here relying on many conventions of genre like tracking shots not showing us what the character sees, point of view shots, and items hidden in shadows. The POV shots are also used to give us a sense of voyeurism like Hitchcock does in Rear Window. The, director, the directors here don't reinvent the wheel but they do an okay job. Unfortunately the film overall with a script by the Pierce brothers does not have the same success. This is an extremely derivative horror movie that feels incredibly shallow, incredible shallow. It feels incredible shallow. I think it's supposed to be incredibly shallow yeah, it and be. incomplete, but not in a fun schlocky B movie way. Everything from the themes—neglected children, divorce, teen angst, environmental horror—to the characters to the mythology of the monsters—feels half baked and undeveloped. I actually disagree with a lot of what he's saying there, just because on like the surface the the setup has those neglected children divorced teen angst stuff like that doesn't mean that that's what the core film is about that's just the setup Mm -hmm. um half-baked and underdeveloped the pierces also fail miserably at managing to disparate tones the wretched indivisibly attempts to blend a horror movie with a teen summer sex sex comedy uh, the result is a mishmash of tone that makes the movie laughably campy and ridiculous. Did it really feel like a teen summer sex comedy, though? This no, it guy. felt
1: like no, it felt like any horror movie that has teenagers in it.
0: This guy gave it a one and a half star. Let's see what his favorite films are: Lord of the Rings, The Dark Knight, There Will Be Blood, and Three Colors Red. Um, it seems like he spends a lot of time not watching horror so that could factor into it
1: yeah i mean his some of his it's like his points are okay like maybe it's a little underdeveloped but i've seen way worse underdeveloped like this isn't at all choppy or anything like he's trying to make it out to be
0: yep uh okay so the positive review is from dustin baker which uh i couldn't find too many like over three star reviews so this one's three and a half stars cool little fright night clone that trades vampires for forest demon bitches it's easy (laughs) to go into these things expecting the worst anymore but thankfully this actually has some realistic and likable characters competent filmmaking and cool story beats almost like a real movie which you can't say that often in vod land it even pulls off some good story veers late in the film without it feeling like a cheat cool i agree uh so uh my rating for this one i think it's good i don't think it's amazing or anything uh i feel like it could have been a little bit better if we would have had um maybe a little bit of a more unique story even though i like some of the story beats it does it is a little bit cliche um maybe a little bit more kills or something like that uh, Mm. because there is a lot of concept with the you know the children and stuff that could be pretty creepy some of that stuff's good i would have liked a little bit more uh i give it a seven and a half out of ten
1: yeah um i like this one mainly because it it actually creeped me out and uh i am very happy when a movie actually does manage to give me the spooks um like i said i feel like the only real flaw with it for me is i feel like there could have been just a little bit more development of characters just just a little bit but um Oh, no, I, I mean, I really enjoyed this, um, I came in a little higher, I give it an 8.5 out of 10. Whoa. Yes.
0: Yeah, I'm you're seeing a, a lot of good stuff this year, you're coming in high on a lot of stuff, you'll probably...
1: Yeah, they all, like, I, I don't know, like, a lot of these, like, we sum the dark. just something about the characters and the vibe of the films has been really going well with me, so... Mm, mm, mm.
0: Mm -hmm. all right well uh that will do it for this episode of his and hers movie podcast uh next week we will be tackling the 2020 film one br which i assume that means one bedroom
1: yes one bedroom apartment type of deal Uh,
0: yeah so uh the reason i chose this one is because i've heard some positive things about it And I love movies that follow, like, someone moving into an apartment or something like that. I've always kind of dug that. So, pretty cool. Uh, Gonna be excited to check that one out. Coming at you next week. Yeah. Alright. That's it. Yeah. Peace. Peace.